Wednesday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, or Delta 8. Whether you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, Artisan Botanicals has what you're looking for. And we're saving you 15% when you order online. Visit abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code Colby Show, C-O-L-B-Y-S-H-O-W. Discount code Colby Show to save 15% at abotanicalcompany.com. It is Wednesday, which means my weekly conversation with Aaron Davis. Happy Wednesday, Aaron Davis. What's happening today? Not much. Just uh, same as usual. Waiting for... uh... I don't know. Just just chilling, man. I'm trying to be excited about something, but it's the middle of May. I got nothing going on. Just dragging through every day trying to make it to the next. Am I right? Pretty much. Yeah, we're pretty yeah. much at that point. Yeah. You know, the draft's over. I've got nothing like really like big that I'm like building up towards, like researching, spending time like looking into. I'm watching, you know, <laughs> I might watch the baseball in, in the evening and work. There you go. But other than that, like I got nothing going on. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, you know, we talked last week about the lack of excitement in the NBA season and the reasons why you just don't feel as connected to the NBA season as as we have in the past. Uh, but look, the, the playoffs are right around the corner. So even though I haven't been nearly as excited about it or invested in it as normal, playoff basketball is different. And I think once we start seeing playoff basketball being played on television... I think it'll reignite that interest level for me. Um, you know, baseball is kind we're kind of at that point where like um, you know, everybody's kind of in full baseball mode and then you know, it's a long season, so you have to pace yourself uh and I feel like they're kind of the next big kick you get in the baseball season is after the All-Star break uh and you know, kind of like looking toward the the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'll throw two things at you as far as my interest level. We have a big UFC pay-per-view this weekend in Houston, Texas, UFC 262. This is a pretty good card. And then the second thing is uh, the Monaco Grand Prix is coming up in like two weeks. So this is my like all-time number one bucket list item for sporting events. If I could do anything... It would be the Monaco Grand Prix. And part of it is for the race. Part of it is for the sporting event. And part of it is just because of the location and the setting. And just, you know, when you see the the videos and pictures and everything of that event in Monte Carlo, it's just unbelievable. So on Netflix, there's a series called Formula One. So good. It's fantastic. And I had watched season one like a year ago. And then I never really finished it. So uh, finally, like last week sometime, uh, like you said, there's kind of this lull. So I restarted it up and uh, I'm almost finished with the other two seasons that are available. But it's got me pretty jacked up about the uh, the Monaco Grand Prix coming up in a couple weeks. So I, I agree. I love that Formula One show. So it's very good. It, like just let alone that like, the production quality is amazing and like right. it it really like does a great job of getting you interested in formula 1 in the sport because i before watching the show like i had no interest in it like i knew who lewis hamilton was and that was about it that was <laughs> right. the extent of my knowledge of formula 1 yeah uh but like i've i've watched like a season and a half 
of it so far. I watch it, you know, sparingly. I'm watching some other shows, watching yeah. Handmaid's Tell and like getting mad at everything and all that stuff. So <laughs> I watch it when I can. But it's it's really it's really exceptionally done, and I've started to appreciate the sport because. Like I don't like NASCAR. Like racing, racing isn't something that I'm interested in watching. I love doing it. Like I'm sure you get me in a car and get me on a race, like go karts, anything. Yeah. Like any any competition in a car or racing, I like I'm in, but I don't really want to watch it. But it seems interesting to me for Formula One. I love the city tracks or street tracks. I don't know what they call them technically in Formula One, but um, it's a lot of the, a lot of similar reasons why I love soccer is I love that it's such a global, like, international thing, whether it's from fans, the competitors. Like, I mean, you have drivers from all over the world that compete in this. Yeah. And there's only 20 of them. And, like, there's – I don't know how many countries are represented, but it's got to be, like, at least 10 different countries are represented in the 20 drivers at least. Yeah. 10 teams, and, 20 drivers. That's it. No more. Yeah. Yeah. And – I will say though, like some of the drivers are like 16, and it really makes me feel bad about myself. But, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, like I just there's a lot of aspects to it. I like like what what is it that's drawn you to it yourself? Is it is it the show or is it something else? Like is it is Formula One something that you like would tune into occasionally at this point? Live. Like- I've, I've, again, I, I've watched the Monaco Grand Prix like multiple times. I'm just fascinated with, like, I've, I've always thought that would be a great vacation spot anyway. So I've always just like loved Monte Carlo. But yeah, the first time I ever saw the race there, I was like, oh man, this is amazing. Like, not only do you have that incredible harbor with all these fans just getting tanked on these yachts and race cars going by at 200 something miles an hour, like, it's so cool. So I've watched that race a bunch. I've watched a few others, but I mean, I, I don't keep up with it on a regular basis. Like once again, in a couple weeks, I'll watch the Monaco Grand Prix. It, that'll be taking place like early in the morning here. So um, it's one of those things that in the past, there have been years where I get up early and watch it, but mm-hmm. I don't I, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it on a weekly basis or anything like that. If, if I catch it for one of the other races, then I catch it. But, uh, I mean, I, you know, it's it, like if I hear some news going on in Formula One, like I'll look into it. I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. And I'll, I'll read about it a little bit. But no, I, I don't like follow it regularly. And, and you know, again, with it happening in other countries and everything, the availability, the, the regular consumption for us here isn't the same as it is for, you know, the other readily available sure. sports. So, yeah, I yeah, I'm not like watching it right regularly. Like I'm not scheduling to watch it like you said, but. If I'm sitting around not doing anything and there's a race on, I might check it out for a little while. But I'm like, I would never do that with a NASCAR race. Like, I'm never right. going to tune in for 30 seconds of a NASCAR race. Right. No offense to NASCAR fans. It's just, I don't know. Formula One's just, it's a completely different sport, I guess. I like, I love the fact that, and again, I'm very limited on my knowledge with this. I believe that, like, each team is allowed to modify their car to a certain extent. Like they don't like every right. car doesn't have to be exactly the same. You can use some like technological advancement that you come up with to give you an advantage in races, which I don't believe that you can do in NASCAR. I think NASCAR, everything has to be exactly the same for the most part. Yeah. The, so, the idea behind NASCAR is basically that all the cars are, are equal. Exactly the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is boring, right? 
I mean, yes and no. Opinion. I can understand, like, the, you know, we want an equal playing field for everybody. Like, everybody's using the same equipment, so we want to find out who the best driver is. I mean, that's kind of the mentality with NASCAR. Uh, whereas, yeah, you know, with these but... others, it's it's about designing. You know, it's, it's more of a team situation, right? It goes right. all the way from designing the car to putting the car together to making the car work to, you know, your pit crew. And, the, like, it's, it's I, I think, more of a everybody has to be the best at their job to succeed in Formula One. Whereas, you know, when everything is kind of equal in NASCAR, you know, the, the biggest difference... Look, I'm not a NASCAR fan, so I, I could be completely off base here. But my perception of it is that it's it's about having equal footing all the way to the point that, you know, the drivers are deciding who's the best. Which, that's what sports is supposed to be, right? Like, we don't watch the NFL and want every team to run the same plays and just <laughs> determine, you know, who's the better, who has better players based on just that. Like, we want to see, like, yeah, whole team effort, like, strategy. Like, we want to see people come up with new design, play designs and formations and, like, use any tricks they can within the rule. Like, yeah, like, that's that's what sports is, right? It's, yeah. It, it's not making everything, play, like, even playing field. Well, and I like the fact that there are, you know, 10 teams again. Each team has two drivers, so there's kind of like already a built-in rivalry between the two guys that are on an individual team for the most part. Uh, and then, you know, it's not like, two, it's not so many drivers that like you don't know who half the field is. Um, so there's at least consistency from week to week as to like who's going to be in the mix. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, the cars, I think, like, the cars are just obviously way cooler than NASCAR. 100%, yeah. It's, it's not just, like, a track, and again, this, I, like, this isn't necessarily fair to NASCAR to say that they just make left turns, because they obviously do more than that. But the tracks are obviously much more intriguing to watch, you know, these race cars zoom in and out of rights and lefts and go through cities, and, you know, as opposed to just being on a racetrack and making four left turns again, you know, it's... Uh, again, I know that's not necessarily fair to NASCAR. That's not just what they do. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think it just uh, it stimulates the senses more, Formula One does, as opposed to NASCAR. 100%. Yeah, it's, again, like, if you, lo- if you like NASCAR, like, I get it. Like, my whole, I grew up with my family loving NASCAR. And, like, I watched some NASCAR as a kid. But, yeah. I don't know, just Formula One. And a lot of it, and look, 95% of it is because of that Formula One show on Netflix. Like, um, I just find it quite uh, quite a bit more interesting. And I just, yeah. I mean, I find it interesting just in general. Like, um, you know, it, you mentioned Formula One and the Monaco and all that stuff. I There is something this summer that I'm looking forward to. Nobody will care. Uh outside of like a few people, but uh, Euros are this year, big European soccer tournament. Looking forward to that. Um, just cause we're, that means we're a year yeah. away from the world cup, which right. who doesn't love the world cup in I America? Love the world like, cup. yeah. Yeah. And U S soccer is in a pretty good place right now. I are think they? they're in a really good place I, right I, now. I was about to say, I literally know nothing about U S soccer at the moment. Like I haven't, so, seen anything u.s soccer related in i feel like years so right now u.s soccer uh i mean they're, they're most probably their most famous player right now is christian pulisic who is he plays for chelsea in the premier right. league he's, he's, he's very very good player they've got players at barcelona they got a player at juventus like they've got players at the major all across europe right now and they're all young 
Uh, next year in the World Cup in 2022, I don't, I don't expect them to make like a huge impact. But 2026, when the World Cup comes here, like yeah. I fully expect them to have a really good team. And I don't know about winning it, but like really making a push to go as far further than they've ever been before. Like U.S. soccer is in a really good spot right now. They've got a lot of good players, and they're all under 25. So yeah, they just need to get momentum at this World Cup to kind of like start 100%. that like hype for 2026. Yeah, because yeah, like for sure. people will get fired up about the World Cup. It happens every four years. People get really excited about it. And if you give them a reason to like follow it for the four year period between World Cups, knowing that it's going to be on American soil. Yeah, this is a monster opportunity for soccer yeah. in this country. And. I yeah, and it, and I don't know if it's it, soccer's a weird sport because like you would think that it's not a sport that requires a lot of money, like it, but it is like it's a you have to have some money, like to for your to really involve your kid in in playing soccer because it's a travel sport. Like you don't yeah. really have to buy equipment that much, but it it does require a lot of time and money to like for your child to play in it, like and play at a successful level, like. Christian Pulisic, the kid that I just mentioned who plays at Chelsea, like he he's from Pennsylvania and he represents U.S. soccer, but he also lived in England for quite a while and like, you know, went to camps in England and like really got involved right. in it over there. So like it's circumstances also play a part. But yeah, I mean, they should be. That's like growing should, up in America and being around football. Like it's exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's it's like the, the thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, they they'll, they're fun. They'll, they'll be fun to watch, though. They're, they've got a lot of exciting players, and uh, they should qualify for the World Cup next year. Like, I'll be shocked if they don't. Uh, obviously, they didn't make it with the last one, which sucked. But yeah. they should make it next year, and then obviously they'll get an automatic bid in 2026. But yeah, I mean, it'd be fun. I think people will be excited, um, not just to have it here. Like I think that'll grow some interest. But for U.S. to probably have the best team that they're ever going to put out, and they've ever put out in the history of U.S. soccer, so that should be that should be fun to watch. I'm a uh, I'm excited for for the World Cup. How far out do teams usually qualify? Um, probably I I I'm not sure. Okay. I would say within the year they'll usually have qualifiers throughout. They'll play qualifying right. matches throughout the year, just randomly in between the regular club season. Yeah. So uh, they'll have like UEFA, which is a European international body like all the europe teams will play against each other to qualify and then concaf <laughs> which is like north america and then the caribbean they'll play they'll yeah. play against each other and qualify so i would say probably i i, I would i don't honestly i don't know i would say probably within the year though six months probably out of right. the world cup they'll have qualifiers um they have some i think they have automatic qualifiers on some tournaments like whoever wins the euros which is a tournament this summer automatically qualifies i believe um, I don't know. There's so much stuff and like regulations and stuff and yeah. soccer that it's kind of hard for to, me to keep up with all of it when I've only been a fan of soccer for like four years. I th three that's years. that's like my biggest hurdle from being a soccer fan is there's so much to keep up with. You have so many leagues, and then you have like you know you win your league and then maybe you're playing in the Champions League or like there's just so much there that it's just like man I I can't even I can't. I can't begin to follow this. Yeah, you kind of just uh, you kind of just have to pick, yeah, pick a team or pick and pick a league and just that that's the one that you like are committed to, and then yeah. the other ones just kind of 
fall in place. Like you check them if you want, if you're interested in like whatever's right. going on. But yeah, I don't like I'll watch the Premier League, but I, I don't watch any matches from like any other leagues in the world. Yeah, but I'll, I'll keep up with them just because I'm interested. But what if your yeah. team ends up playing in a like Champions League though? Champions League's pretty easy to keep up with because they played the middle of the week. Yeah. So like the Premier League matches would be on the weekends and then Tuesday and Wednesday they'll play the Champions League okay. matches and they play twice every like 6 weeks or something like that, 4 weeks yeah. once they get past the group stage. So it's a little bit easier to keep up with just because the games are spread out. I mean, it lasts from August to May and yeah. there's only 32 teams. So and it's a tournament like it's an elimination tournament. So the games are pretty spread out that you have time to kind of yeah get in the uh, get in the groove <laughs> and kind of watch, get into it. I mean, I I love the Champions League. It's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like just because all the leagues are separated, so you like maybe once every ten years you might get to see like Man United play Barcelona. So like it right. makes it special, I guess, because like these teams hardly they don't they're not in the same league. They don't play very right. often, but they're two of the best biggest teams of the world. Yeah, it would be like the the Yankees and the Dodgers playing like once every like five years or something. Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, uh, like I can follow baseball, and I have a pretty good feel for like baseball prospects, and like, but I've also been following baseball since I was like five years old. So, like, I don't have to learn the entire system, the setup with farm teams, and like how the whole thing works, and like. You know, once you kind of learn that, then like, you know, every year you're just kind of like a, a little reset, but you, you have a good grasp on it. And I feel like I'm that way with, you know, most of the sports that I follow. But with soccer, like I never followed it growing up other than the World Cup. And I'm just like, man, trying to lot. like learn everything happening and, and keep up with all of the stuff that's going on in soccer just feels like it's way too much. And I already like follow so much sports that like, my my time is just spread thin as far as my sports consumption. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is a lot, and I've definitely have committed more time to learning about it than I probably I would say should have because I enjoy it. But like, it's definitely taken away from the time that I've like spent like <laughs> really looking into like NBA and stuff right. like that, which is what it is. But it, it's a lot, and you kind of just have to pick sm start small and just really focus on something yeah. small and then just kind of, I mean, just expand from there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's different. I guess like if you grew up watching soccer, it's probably super easy and simple to you. Just like baseball is to us. Like, yeah, to us, baseball is like, I don't know. Like we don't even have to think about it. It's like talking, like speaking English. Like we just yeah. kind of it, second nature and like understanding baseball and like the, the system and like the game and everything like the, I mean, if you think about it, like I guess any sport really, but like I can't imagine how insane baseball is to people in other countries that don't have baseball. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, like I, I you know, I've been following baseball since I was five. So Same, um, yeah. it's, you know, it's just like second nature to me. I just, I know it. And, uh, yeah, but I could get like, if you are, if you've never been a baseball fan and then you're trying to get into it, like, I could probably well, the same feeling that I don't. have with soccer. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people can't get into baseball. I think yeah. that, and I think soccer has the same issue. I think soccer has that issue in the United States too, is that 
there's not a lot of people getting into it when they're younger. And a lot of it is because, like you said, with Formula One, because it's such an international sport. And, like, if you want to watch the best, right. you have to watch it at an international level. So, like, you know, games are starting at 6 a.m. on Saturdays. Like, it's not super accessible. It's more accessible now with streaming. But, like, I couldn't imagine trying to watch a, a Premier League game 15 years ago. Like, it's 6 a.m. Right? Like, I mean, who, yeah, yeah. It's- I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know how I would watch it. I mean, at least now, like you get, you have stations like, like NBC sports, right. That like, 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 well, yeah, yeah, but uh, before that, yeah, it's like you're, you're checking the newspaper or something two days after it's happened. Right. Or you're, or you're like hacking into some satellite feed on your dish network thing or something. Yeah. Like people doing that 15 years ago though. I don't even, I don't know. I like to think they were. Okay. Somebody somewhere. Yeah. Was like, dialing up the internet and hacking something yeah i like to think they were my uh my my imagination likes to think that people were hacking dish network feeds or something i don't know but it's yeah it's a lot like i I think that i think that might be a reason why soccer is growing here a little bit more is because it's becoming more accessible uh obviously i mean it worked on me it's become more accessible and i've made me a fan so yeah yeah i don't know u.s soccer should be fun uh, going forward, they're they're producing quite a bit of talent right yeah. now. How do you are you excited about these this uh, play in tournament in the NBA? No. What? Okay, so let me let me phrase it this way. Which I don't, I don't think it's a complicated way. So there's 30 teams, right, in the NBA? Correct. Uh, for the last. Uh, really ever since I've watched the NBA, so 21-ish years, 22 years, more than half the league has gotten into the playoffs. And yes. there's been, how many times have the one seeds lost? Twice in that time? I remember Dallas lost to Golden State, and then did San Antonio lose to Memphis one year? That sounds right, yeah. Um, I remember, was it, uh, it was definitely in the 90s at some point. I remember... Dikembe Mutombo and the Nuggets beating the okay. Sonics as a one seed. NBA on uh, the NBA on NBC in their intro, they used to have the picture of Mutombo on the floor, like hugging the basketball and crying after they pulled yeah, off the upset that, over yeah. the number one Sonics. Yeah. By the way, uh, NBC needs to get the NBA back because NBA on NBC is hands down the best intro music. Like Absolutely. The best intro to any broadcast. Absolutely. Ever. And like I don't like I and the fu- I, I the wa- final shot uh, as the music is is like coming to an end is Shaq sliding into the camera to save the ball from going out of bounds. Yeah, like it's we need to get that back NBA or yeah, NBC come on. rather. Come on, like, NBC, make it happen. Quit making me watch so many games on ESPN, damn it. And ABC, yeah. And ABC, yeah. Nothing against uh, ABC. I like ABC, but the NBA right, feels like it needs to be on NBC. Yes. It would be like if Fox somehow got the Masters. Like nothing against Fox, yeah. but the Masters belongs on CBS. Right. The NBA March belongs. Madden, yes. March Madness belongs on CBS. Like there's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Uh, one seeds to lose. One seeds that lost to eight. You're right. The Nuggets, like you said, beat the Sonics in '94. The uh, the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks beat the Heat in '99, which was a lockout year. Knicks obviously went to the finals that year. And then Golden State over Dallas and Memphis over San Antonio. So two times since I started watching the NBA and like 
keeping up with it. I'd watch games here and there before like 2000, but yeah, uh, I didn't really keep up with it. So two times a an eight seed has beat the one seed, and that and what 40 matchups. We're talking about 40 yeah. opportunities, and it's happened twice. And we're going to add more teams. I don't want to see more teams. I don't want to see a play-in tournament. I want to see less teams make the playoffs. Right. I want to see, you know, if they reduce it to 12 total across the league, six in the East, six in the West, I'd, I'd be happy with that. I think that's a reasonable start. You yeah. do three-game series, and two teams get a bye. Like, whatever. They get a bye. If you don't want to have a bye, go to four. I don't care. Like, there's too many teams that make the playoffs in the NBA, especially in the East. Like, the East has watered it down so much in the first round that, do we really want to see as fun as Russell Westbrook is in like his story of like breaking the triple double record this year, which I don't like to me, it's not really that big of a deal. Honestly, um, it's cool. Like we never thought it'd be broken. It did get broken, but I, I don't know. But do you really want to see the 32 and 37 Washington Wizards play the Sixers in the first round? I mean, look, I have a hard time really getting excited about first round matchups like I watch and certainly I appreciate the fact that we come off of this like six month stretch where we watch very average basketball being played and then all of a sudden we get like significantly more intensity so like that part of me like appreciates just the fact that we're getting playoff basketball but yeah I mean it's I I think I really start getting excited in the second round and that's when you really feel like it truly begins like you're you're starting to separate the contenders from the non-contenders and uh like I'll say this about this play in tournament I I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun to watch I feel like it's going to give us urgency it's go, it's going to give us everything we love about sports right that like game 7 type mentality but the cost in the NBA for that to happen I feel like is so significant that I don't feel like it's worth it Right, like baseball did this a couple years ago, and initially I hated the idea of having this wild card game. Right, I was like, "You're cheapening the regular season." But not only have they given us this game seven that has been spectacular almost every time they've played it, but it hasn't really had an effect on on the regular season at all. Whereas I feel like with this play in tournament. Now you've added four more teams to the playoffs. Like it has, I feel like the NBA regular season has been so cheapened that the product has drastically decreased. Well, in like okay, so yes, the the there there is a comparison with the playing the one game playoff in the Major League Baseball. But the difference is one, you're going from four teams in a league or conference to six. Are really, yeah, you're going from four to six, right? Or four to five. Four to five, you're going yeah. Four to five. You're, so you're going from eight teams make the playoffs to 10 teams make the playoffs in the entire league. Yeah. Your NBA is going from 16 to 20. 20? Yeah. 20 teams. Which is having, about, I think it's having a massive impact on the regular season, I believe. I, I, I think it's hard to tell right now. I would I would be interested if they do it when the fans come back and when everything goes back to normal and see if it still has that same effect because we talked yeah. about it before. Like there there's been a lack of urgency and intensity from the get go in the season right. and that could be part of it is like they didn't have they have what like six weeks of an off season if that um, no fans all that stuff like there's a lot of factors going a lot of moving year, parts but, there yeah I agree yeah but I agree like it doesn't what. In what aspect does it make it more exciting? Yes, those games. Those games those will play, be more exciting. Those, yeah, those games will be fun. But as soon as those games, they're, in, they're only playing one game, right? 
it's seven, eight, nine, ten, and they yeah. play one game, and then they're in the playoffs, the normal playoffs. Okay, so we get four games that should be fun, and then after that, we're back to the same crap. It's the same stuff. We're getting back to a, a first round playoff where half of the matchups are going to be five games, and they're going to be route like they're going to be routes. Like you think the Nets are going to have any issues beating the Hornets in a seven game series? No. It just yeah. It I don't like and I don't even understand like how much more money are they going to make from playing these extra four games between the the Wizards and the Pacers or the Spurs and Grizzlies? Yeah. How much more money is the league going to make off those matchups? Like those will be great games because it's a you know it's an NCAA tournament game. It's a it's a game seven. It's a winner go home. So the drama will be incredible. I just think the cost is too much to okay. deliver so, that setting. Let me ask you this. So I, I, has the lotteries moved from 15 to 10 teams then? Or is it still 15? No, no. The, like, you are, if you lose the play-in games, then you're in the lottery. Okay. Yeah. So what? So okay, the way they're so, doing it, I think, the way I understand it, and if I, I could be wrong, the way I understand it, 7 will play 10, and 8 will play 9. The two winners then will play each other for the 7 and 8 seeds, and the two losers are then the last two seeds in the lottery. Okay, so we've got... So I guess there will be more than four games. There should be six games, right? Uh, One, two, three, four. Yes, six games. Okay, six games. Okay. Yeah. So if you're... Uh, let's say... Let's say you're the, you're the Hornets... Is it more beneficial for you to win that playing tournament and get into the playoffs to get waxed by the 76ers or to stay in the lottery? It, it's tough because, I mean, your your odds in the lottery at that point aren't great anyway. Great. Yeah. So, yeah, you're kind of in a... I mean, you might as well go for the win. Well, yeah, I mean, they're going... They're competitors. Yeah. They're going to try and win, obviously. They, yeah. The Hornets think that they can, you know, they're yeah. good enough that they can make a run, if, you know, so they're not going to go in and be like, oh, we're going to get waxed by the Sixers or the Nets in the first round, but, I mean, for the front office, you know, there has to be some argument, like, what if we do win a first round matchup? I mean, that's great, I guess, but they go, we could go from having the 10th pick to having the 20th pick. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's just a lot of factors that play into this, and they're honestly, like, outside of those six games, which, no, I, I'm dumb at math, which I thought was four, but it's obviously six. Uh, outside of those six games, like it doesn't add anything to the season. It doesn't add anything to the league. Nobody wants to see the tenth best team in a conference in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, you're exactly right. Like that game on its own, I think will be fun and it'll be interesting and it will give us drama. But yeah, then the winner just gets to be sacrificed to the best team in the NBA. So like. Yeah, it's 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 such a tough situation, and uh, I don't know. Maybe the NBA just it's uh, man. I, I feel like the regular season has year after year after year just significantly lost interest for me. Uh, because again, it's it's eighty two games. Um, I mean, so, you, you see all yeah. these. I mean, the the fact that we get more guys. Uh, resting, and this has also been a year where we've had a lot of the big players in the NBA getting hurt, so it's even more important to have these guys rested. We had a short offseason. Um, 
Yeah, it's. I think it's just been a perfect storm, and and maybe a year from now, this isn't even a conversation. Maybe you know, just getting back to the way things are regularly done doesn't impact the regular season nearly as much. But man, I just feel like it's had a massive impact on the overall urgency within the NBA regular season, and ugh, it's tough. Man. So, just for comparison's sake. In 2019, because I'm not going to do it last year, we'll do a full season. In 2019, if Major League Baseball had the same playoff format, the 72 and 90 Angels, Los Angeles Angels, would have been in the playoffs. Oh, Does anybody want to see a 72 and 90 team in the major in MLB playoffs? No. So, okay, what about the NFL? Let's see, one, two, three. <laughs> last year, the seven and nine Patriots would have gotten into the playoffs. Did you watch the Patriots Whoa. at any point last year and say, you know what, that's a team that should be in the playoffs? No. No, exactly. No. What about the NFC? One, four, five, six, ten. 6 and 10 would have been in the playoffs last oh, year. Yeah. Like, brutal. There's, yeah, there's no reason to have the 10th best team in a conference right. in the playoffs. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's crazy. And I look, I'll watch the games because though they the intensity should be good. And like, like you said, they should be fun. But like, nobody wants to, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like we watch sports for competition, right? Like that. that's right. at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's about watching competition and yeah, that doesn't feel like competition. Like it's so, okay. Like, and like we said, those six games should be great. Yeah. The, the six games will be great because they'll be competitive yeah. games and, and those guys will want to win them very badly. They don't want their season to end, but yeah, like the next stage is like, okay, well now the wizards have to go play the best team in the East. So, congrats. And if they look, uh, clearly the NBA knows that their money is made in the playoffs. They know that yeah. their ratings take a huge bump right. when they get to the playoffs because if they if they really cared about the regular season, they would reduce the number of teams to make the playoffs, right? They wouldn't try yeah. to extend the playoffs the last 3 months and to have half the more than half the league in it. But I mean, they know that they I I would I don't know the numbers, but I would imagine their ratings probably double from the regular season to the playoffs. Yeah. I and, thought about uh, the, the the idea of reducing the number of teams in the NBA that make the postseason for, for me is very intriguing. But honestly, I think the biggest thing that would happen beyond that is super teams would become like, I mean, you'd have like four or five just mega teams. Well, they do that anyway. Well, though. yeah, but I mean, I think it would be significantly worse if, if you only have eight teams in the NBA making the postseason. I think it becomes significantly worse than it is now. I think I think eight is tough, and yeah. and again, if you go to if you go to twelve, then you obviously have to deal with the, yeah. the buys, right? Which maybe ten's the answer, and only one team gets a buy, and you play. There, yeah. I, I mean, look, I mean, they're, you know what? Like, there's what's the reward right now for being the one seed, other than the fact that you play the worst team that makes the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, this year, you know, not having the the, the quote unquote right. home court advantage. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's tough. Are you excited about the NFL schedule release today? You have a brand new favorite team. Uh, I Look, the NFL schedule release is funny because the NFL really hypes this thing up. Every year, they make it into this giant thing. It's a... I'm pretty sure they, like, do it on... Is it ESPN or the NFL? Uh, Network? I, don't, sure. I don't even know who does it, but, I mean, they they, like, do a live schedule release show, and NFL fans love this. I'm a diehard NFL fan, 
I will pay attention to what the Dallas Cowboys schedule is, but it's not something sure. I'm going out of my way to watch revealed on the night of the schedule release. Like, I will right. not watch just, the show. Why would I watch the show? I'll just look it up online. Yeah, at some point, like, tonight around midnight, when I'm, like, just sitting on the couch, like, unwinding, I'll pull up, like, what is Dallas's schedule and look at it then. But, yeah, they don't play these games for so long that, I don't know, it's, it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't get me fired up. Well, and also, you know the teams that they're going to play already. Like, they've already established, <laughs> like, the matchups. You just don't know what order they're in. Yeah, so. I'm ready to get really upset, Aaron, about the fact that the Cowboys, like, have to go to Philadelphia and then have, like, a quick Thursday night turnaround on the road against the Giants so I can really cuss the NFL for giving them that Wait. back-to-back. Um, yeah. I So... First off, I'm super excited about the kickoff game, which includes your team. Like, that's a fun matchup on, yeah, to yeah. start the season. I mean, I don't like um, that the Cowboys are going to start the season 0-1. That's kind of disappointing. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's uh, that's an awesome game to start the start the year. A healthy yeah, I mean, Dallas Cowboys year, team against uh, the Super Bowl champs that bring everybody back. Yeah, that's awesome. It should be a fun matchup. Yeah, exactly. Season ended in Raymond James and starts, or the next one starts in Raymond James. That's some fun stuff. Um Outside of that, though, yeah, Cardinals at uh, Titans. That should be should be a fun matchup. Um, I know there's been a lot of uh, talk floating around with Zach Ertz being on the trade block. I think my Cardinals should go out and trade for Zach Ertz. Um, why not? Just go all in and try and win that NFC West this year. But, yeah, it's uh, Jacksonville at my old team, Houston. That should be the worst game <laughs> of all time. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence should start one and zero in his career, which should be should be a good confidence boost. But uh, I don't know. There's got to be some. Uh, there might be some pressure to get Tebow in there at quarterback if Trevor Lawrence throws an interception in, the, in his first drive. Yeah, um, the Trevor Lawrence thing is going to be really interesting. But otherwise, that game is hot garbage. Terrible. Yeah. Um. I'm sure Tim it, it, Tebow like, will make the team, though, and he'll probably be on all the promos, right? 100%. Okay, so I was having this conversation with some buddies of mine yesterday. Is Ur- Okay, for, I guess my first question, I need to, I should have looked this up. Is Urban Meyer making personnel decisions in Jacksonville? I think he's included in that. I don't know that he okay. is, I don't know that he is the buck stops here guy, but I think he is part of that process. All right, let's uh, let's assume he's part of that process. Right now, and it's only been a few months. I I feel pretty confident in saying so far his time in Jacksonville has a has been a huge. I wouldn't say disaster, but it's been very not good. And I just got I'm a Jags fan, and I just got Trevor Lawrence, but I do not feel any better about the future than I did last year. Outside of the quarterback and potentially having a franchise quarterback, I just feel like I've got a front office that's going to completely botch it. When they got and signed Tim Tebow, which is it's clearly a PR move. Yes. But if you really are just concerned about winning football games, I feel I feel very confident that there are 50 tight ends that didn't get drafted in this draft last year that are better than Tim Tebow at that position. And then obviously we talked about ETN and like openly saying you drafted a third down back in the first round. Like I don't I just. And not to mention all the stuff with Urban Meyer with the issues he had in college and like, you know, playing favorites, which I I don't know how that's gonna play in the NFL. 
Like, I don't know in the NFL if you can really play favorites outside of that, fa- you know, giving like Tom Brady some special treatment. Right. But I, I, unless he completely changes his mindset and how to coach a football team, I just, I think it's going to be an absolute disaster. I really, truly hope that Urban Meyer brought Tim Tebow to the Jaguars to deliver pregame speeches. Because I, I mean, guarantee Tim Tebow will get a bunch of professional football players, grown men, really excited to play football on Sundays. You as think opposed so? to no, I'm being sarcastic. So. Okay, man. come oh, on. Thank God. Okay, come I was on. making sure. Because uh, it worked when he was good. Like when, when Tim Tebow was winning a Heisman and winning national championships, I think it was a little easier. I think it those, worked in college. Kids, college, right? Yeah, that's, that's college saying, football. Yeah, college. yeah. But now he's become a character of himself. Like it's just yes. like, yeah. He hasn't played in the NFL. We talked about it what, last week or two weeks ago. He hasn't played in the NFL in like eight years. Like it, what's, I just don't even. It's a clown show. Know. It's a clown it show. Is. Yeah. And I hope Urban Meyer fails. I think he is a. I think he is a clown. <laughs> uh, well, the Tim Tebow part of his regime has been a clown show for sure. Dude, speaking of quarterbacks, um, yesterday afternoon I saw the Colt Brennan news. Colt Brennan. Oh dies at the age of 37 dude this like i don't know why this i was just like really bummed out about this um maybe it's because we're close in age like i remember being you know college age when he was playing at hawaii so it might be like the age thing but also like dude he was like so swaggy as a quarterback at hawaii right the whole look the visor like the whole thing and uh you know he was one of the first you know, spread offenses that was putting up monster numbers in the passing game in college football. Third in the Heisman at Hawaii. Uh, super disappointing yesterday to uh, to hear that news. Yeah, and then you read into the story, and his dad said that he took something that was laced with fentanyl, which is like, I, I think people are talking about it, but it kind of isn't like at the front of like, the news pages or anything, but like there's yeah. a, a big fentanyl issue, like especially with people, like if you buy pills or something, yeah, like that could be laced with fentanyl. Like, uh, I mean, there's been a ton of people that have overdosed from fentanyl over the past few years. Like, uh, Mac Miller, the rapper, like he yeah. he overdosed, he unknowingly took fentanyl from some pills that he had he had bought from some guy that laced some he laced some fentanyl and like. And now with Colt Brennan, if that's the truth, obviously like there's no coroner's report or like autopsy yet, yeah. toxicology. But if that's true, like that's just it's a bummer, man. Like these are things that are could be avoidable. Like you know, I mean, you, you're taking pill, drugs and pills, and like it's a risk, obviously. And then, dude, if you're but, if you are mixing, like if you are the person putting fentanyl, you're a scumbag. Well, you're a serial killer. 100% yes. Like, you're yes, a you mass murderer if yeah. you're adding fentanyl to a bunch of pills. Like, uh, 100%. Well, you're probably not a good person anyway if you're like... Oh, well, yeah, you're selling drugs. You're, so kind yeah, of, you're so like, that, a, obviously that. this is uh, kind of... A, but it goes to a whole nother level when you're like, hey, not only am I selling drugs to these people, but I'm selling them something I know is going to kill them. Right. Fentanyl like, is like a high level, like, where, like... Okay, well, I guess there's another conversation, which I, you know, we're not, I don't expect to, we're not gonna get into, but like, there's a whole other level of fentanyl is easily obtainable at this point. <laughs> fentanyl is like a high level painkiller that they use in hospitals for people that like get their arms cut off. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, but it's a bummer. And then also the story you read that 
Apparently, Colt had tried to enter a detox program earlier that day, but they didn't have any beds available, so they turned him away. And it just, I don't know. It's a bummer when you hear about these these people that you, obviously, we didn't we don't know these guys, but like yeah. we associated with our lives and growing up, like yeah. they played a part. Like I didn't know Steve McNair, but when I found out that Steve McNair died, like it it was a huge bummer. It like really yeah. upset me. It upset me. Because he played a part in me growing up and, you know, I spent a lot of time with him. Like, I've spent more time with these dudes than I've spent with a lot of my family. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, they play a part in it and it just, I mean, he was young, he's only 37, and it was just completely avoidable. Right. Which Yeah, it's, it's a sad a deal, man. Bummer. It's a sad deal for anybody that has those issues and... uh Man, like I just saw the news and saw the age 37 and I knew he was close in age to me anyway. But yeah, I think I think like the the age thing just like real it's just like holy cow, man. That's uh that's crazy. Or am I not supposed to is is crazy now outlawed? I I don't know. Are people trying to like do away with saying things are crazy because it's uh <laughs> Okay. I think somebody told me that a while back like uh Okay. Well, we got to we gotta draw a line somewhere. That, we can't. We can't. We can't just determine that everything is offensive. I yeah, I think. Yeah, I think somewhere, some but there's like some sort of like disbanding of using the word crazy to describe things that if are we get, mind blowing. If we get to the point where everything is offensive, then nothing is offensive. Yeah. So let's, let's draw the line. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Look, in my book, crazy is is perfectly fine. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. By the way, uh, I'm, uh, by the way, I'm probably going to get canceled tomorrow. So just heads oh, up. Oh well, yeah, it's all right. The, look, if I get canceled point, for using the word crazy, I'm literally going to change my Twitter profile to at crazy Colby. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome. Yeah. Look, at this point, we're canceling so many people a day that you give it like 48 hours, and people will forget that you're canceled. Yeah. Uh, um, by the way, I think I, I, I did prevent you from getting canceled. Uh, not too long ago uh, with an edit uh, after we got done recording. So you're welcome for that. It was, uh, I think I remember what you were talking about, but I don't even remember what I said. (laughs) Uh, So that should, yeah, I'll be canceled soon. Uh, It's only a matter of time, Aaron. I mean, at some point we're both going to be there. So I forgot that Colt Brennan finished third in the Heisman. Yeah, man. By the way, speaking of that also, how about that douchebag network or whoever it is, um, some Atlanta-based media company that tweets out uh, the quarterback that Georgia beat in the Sugar Bowl has died? I did not see that. You that didn't is, see it? Uh, no. Oh. Yeah, that's... Uh, that Okay, I'm not a big cancel culture guy, but... Probably should cancel them. Yeah, I'm not saying like, cancel them, but like they well, obviously deserve company. some uh, negative reaction for that douchey comment about. I mean, the guy just passed away, and you're gonna like, you can use his name. Like, you don't have to say like the quarterback that Georgia just you know, beaten the Sugar Bowl 15 years ago has like come on. Yeah, nobody cares. Well, like, you know they're they're in Georgia, off. so that's like. I guess how they felt yeah. like they could relate 
Okay. Their local okay. team to the you guy dying, and it was just like, what? You're bragging about being in Hawaii. Well, look, Georgia hasn't won anything like in a really long time. Yeah, but they should beat Hawaii. Yeah, they I, should I be know. proud of beating Hawaii. I know. I was being funny. Yeah, they, okay. they, one yeah, national look, championship, I, right? Is they that... should be canceled, though. Yeah. Georgia? Yeah, one one title, I believe. Yeah, look. I think so. But look, if you're if they're a legit media company, just go and cancel them for that because they're clearly run by idiots. Idiots. Georgia has not won a national um, championship in my life. So, in my lifetime. Their last title Herschel was eight, Walker, 1980. Herschel Walker was there, right? Or yes. is that before? He, okay. Well, he wasn't there for the the national championship team, but okay, he well, did go. go there, and he was a stud, Heisman Trophy winner. There you go. And college football in the eighties was just completely wild. Like, who knew? <laughs> like, like Pitt was like a one of the five to ten best te- programs in the country. So, do we really count the eighties as like a real era? Of Listen, college football sir, team? Bo Jackson and Barry Sanders won Heisman trophies in the eighties. You will not diminish nineteen eighties college football. Look, I'm not saying it wasn't great. I'm just saying you can't. The teams that won the national championships, let's take them with a grain of salt because I bet uh, there's a lot of teams that only won, that won their only national championship. Speaking of, well, it was a really bad system. I mean, we can all agree on that. It was a bad system. So, speaking of Barry Sanders, did you see the trailer for the Stillwater movie? No, Stillwater oh. movie. I don't okay, even know what you're so. talking about. It. So there's a Matt Damon movie coming out where he plays a gentleman from Stillwater. Oklahoma, okay. Who has to, who goes to France to save his daughter who is accused of murder? I why they called it Stillwater, I have no idea. Other than the fact that the character just happens to be from Stillwater, there's a scene in the trailer where he's at a Sonic. Is so this I the is this the Matt Damon meme that's been going around? Yes, where yes. he's like wearing a hat and scowling. Yes. Okay. That's, the, that's okay. the poster of the movie. I didn't. I, I saw that yesterday, like all over the place. But I, I was gonna look it up at some point, and then I think I got busy and never did. But I remember seeing the Matt Damon meme all over the place yesterday. I was like, "What the hell is that from?" Yes, that's supposed. Okay. Look. So this movie is either gonna be terrible or it's gonna be a lot of fun. Like I don't think there's gonna be any in between with this movie. Um, I, I feel like the director and the producers were like all right so what's o- like what can we do to really show that he's an oklahoman and i feel like, like this oh, is you go to sonic based on what you've described so far this is armageddon meets taken 100 percent, and your result is Stillwater. armageddon yes. and taken's baby is a movie called Stillwater. it's a hundred percent just like a less it seems like a less intense version of taken okay he goes to france like he goes to the same country yeah. to save his daughter from a bunch of like crazy french dudes but he go. has a that he has a an accent that i don't hear a lot of people in oklahoma speak with <laughs> i've got to watch this trailer <laughs> and it's it's goofy like i heard uh, uh they saw a uh, article I, yeah, it was like a headline, but it was like Matt Damon goes full Bass Pro Shop in uh, Stillwater trailer. <laughs> nice. It's it I like I'm sure that these people are represent like it represents a faction of people in Oklahoma and yeah. Stillwater. But I most of the people that I've interacted with in this state do not remind me of this guy that Matt Damon is portraying. 
Oh, I got, I got to tell you something funny. Um, cause you mentioned Bass Pro. So I have a media friend that works in, in sports media, works on the East coast, lives on the East coast is from the East coast. So within the last year, sometime he went to a Bass Pro for the first time, had never been to a Bass Pro. So I, I don't, I don't even know how we started talking about this, but he brought this, this trip to Bass Pro up. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was your first time. How was it? Like, you know, what'd you think? And he was like, it was really cool. I really liked the store. But he was like, the biggest issue is the place was packed. There were people everywhere. He said, I, everybody was the same person. He's like, I I couldn't tell who the customers were, who worked there. (laughs) Everybody was literally wearing the same stuff. Like they all worked there and it was, it was complete madness. So that sounds about right. If you're going to, this is just a PSA. If you're going to Bass Pro... Don't dress like you've been at Bass Pro. You're confusing the casuals. So they need like vest. They get some like hunting vest or something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The employees should wear like an orange hunting vest over their, their Bass Pro camo hoodie. I haven't been to a Bass Pro shop in forever. I remember like taking road trips with my family. They're like, all right, we're going to Bass Pro shop. I'm like, oh, cool. How far of a drive is it? Like two and a half hours. Yeah. I'm like, for, for a store? <laughs> I'm driving two and a half hours for a store. You realize that we are, we are you're a 50-year-old man. <laughs> you're driving two and a half hours to go shopping. Oh, man. I don't, there's nothing, there's no store that I would drive two and a half hours to go visit just no for the case. sake of visiting. I mean, obviously, online shopping and Amazon makes a big difference Well, now. yeah. Saving time, but even th- without all that stuff, there's no chance I'm driving two and a half hours to to buy some fishing lures. No, like I, yeah, I love Bass but, Pro. Bass Pro is an awesome store, but yeah, I'm not driving like out of town to go find something at Bass Pro. Okay. Thinking about it, it's just like it's so hilarious to me that my grandpa, who is like all about like man stuff, is like, yeah. all right, get up at six a.m. driving two hours, we're gonna go shopping. Yeah, Which, look. You know, Aaron, there are people that will literally drive out of the way to stop at a Bucky's on a road trip, right? Like okay. maybe well, there's Bucky's not a Bucky's on the tour on the route that you're taking, but if it costs you an hour of time, it's probably worth, you know, taking the exit, yeah. taking a separate say, highway, getting caught in some traffic, and visiting Bucky's for an hour and a half. Okay, so have you a little by, by the way, have little... you ever been in and out of Bucky's in less than like thirty minutes? Yeah. You have? But, yeah. But that was uh, not very often. I have spent okay. more than 30 minutes in a Bucky's before plenty of times. It's a little different, though, if you're on a road trip, though, because you're like, all right, we'll go a little bit out of the way to get this thing. But when you're at home and you're like, all right, we're getting up, leaving my house to go to the store and then come back for two and a half, a two and a half hour drive. That's a little different. <laughs> okay. Also, Bucky's well worth it to go out of the Dude, way. Dude, I love Bucky's. Yeah. I love Bucky's. Um, if it's like 15 minutes out of the way, I'm probably taking the exit, but if it's going to cost me more than an hour, cause I'm look, and here's the other thing. I I've never been out of there in less than 30 minutes. Cause I always go in. I can't decide what I want. There's so many like delicious things that you can purchase. And then in, inevitably you just walk from end to end a couple times. And then you've got to go to the bathroom, which I mean, Great yeah, the great thing about Bucky's, if you've got to drop a deuce on the road trip, then maybe it is worth it to go out of the way because you're never going to find a cleaner bathroom than at Bucky's. Also, 
but I, I do have to criticize. Don't oh. be the guy, especially in, in any bathroom. In any bathroom, I'm not criticizing you. I got to criticize the general pop okay. populace. If you're stopping at any public restroom for that, for this matter, but especially at a Bucky's, don't go to the urinal next to somebody that's at a urinal. There are 900 urinals at a Bucky's. There's no reason for you to step up to a to in the one that's next to somebody using it. Bro, that's just man law in general. Like if there that's are what I'm th- if there are three urinals, much less you, ninety, you, you don't you never go you to one always next leave a space if it's possible. One hundred percent. Yeah. In fact, right. a- or there's the guy that if there are three available, likes to just go step up to the middle one, and it's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Why would you do that, dude? If there's two urinals and uh, there's uh, someone using one of them, I'll just go to a stall. Oh, for sure, for sure. If, yeah. Like or, like way- I'll, or I'll like you know go to the sink and like wash my hands or something right. and like kind of like waste a little bit of time without just like standing there waiting and then go. I'll go if, like if everything's full. I'll go to the one that is, that's the only one that's open. If everything is crazy, right. but if there's any space or anything open, I'll just go to that. You know, it's just I don't know. Well, it kind of depends because if I walk in, let's say there are two side by side. There are two urinals. If I walk in and there's somebody already using one, then I might I might like take my time because they're probably going to be done very shortly and then I'll roll up. But if like I come in and somebody has just walked up to it and I got to go, then yeah, I'll probably go. But if they've already started the process by the time I walk in, then I'm probably going to like, you know, it's probably not urgent enough for me to have to just like run up there immediately. I probably have right. 30 seconds to wait. Now, I, I I will say I've I've be, I've been scarred a few times from public restrooms, uh, especially at our old job when uh, <laughs> some people didn't close the stalls all the way when they used them. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's nothing worse than walking into a bathroom and there's somebody like you walk by a stall and somebody's sitting on it. They and for whatever reason the door is open. And, like, you're just looking for somewhere to go, so you're, like, looking in these stall doors, and then you, like, look in, and somebody's sitting there, like, in this vulnerable position, and you make eye eye contact. It might be top five most awkward moment that you can possibly experience. Oh, easily. It's easily one of the worst moments. That's one of my biggest fears is accidentally walking in on some guy pooping in a public bathroom. Right, and then you, like, make eye contact, and he's just sitting there, like, halfway doubled over. In the most vulnerable state any human being can be in, uh, and then you look at each other and it's like, oh god, I would, kill me! I, I guess that's I hope a lightning bolt on, strikes me down in this very moment. It's better than being on the other end because at least you can leave. The other person just has to sit there and like <laughs> think about it. It's like, oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm a scumbag. <laughs> It's the worst. It's the worst. We uh, here's what we won't do this today because I'll let you have some time. Maybe next Wednesday, we will do a uh, top five or top ten most awkward things you can experience list. Okay, I got plenty of those because I have a few as well. Yeah. And that I've witnessed. A, like, yeah, I I, I actually I thought about this last week because I had something happen to me last week that uh, was super awkward, and I haven't brought it up on the podcast yet. So. I'll include that in the list. Okay. Yeah, that that sounds fun because 
I love awkward situations. Yeah. I think they're hilarious. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, a couple other things before we get out of here. The Oakland A's are exploring relocation possibilities, Aaron Davis. I know that it is 99.9% improbable that they will end up in Oklahoma City, but put me in the front of the caravan leading the way. I will carry the banners. Oklahoma City Athletics. I love it. Uh, yeah. I Look, I'm in. I have no reason not to be in. I, I agree. Probably probably a massive, massive, massive long shot. Oh, but, it happen, yeah. It's, but. I mean, Oakland was drawing 20,000 fans a game. In, tw- in 2019, at home, Oakland averaged 20,000 people. I think Oklahoma City could get 20,000 people in the games. Yeah. If, if there's a Major League Baseball team yeah. here, I think they could draw 20,000 fans. I mean, they'd show them with the NBA. And again, different sports, NBA is more popular, but still. I I think that, first off, I think Oklahoma is a state that plays baseball plays really well in. Because we're, we're kind of a little, right. I don't know, I guess being in the middle of the country, there's a little bit more patience than, right. say, in like California or on the East Coast. So I think baseball would play pretty well here for as far as attendance, but... Yeah, I mean, expand the expand Bricktown ballpark. Yeah, add some add some upper decks or whatever, and if if they need to play a season there, whatever. But uh, yeah, why not? Like, it's not it's got to be one of the five to ten top options, right? I think Portland it would be tough to beat right now. I think Portland probably would be the favorite, but Vegas would probably be. Oh yeah, Vegas. I keep I'm so used to just like. Vegas not being a sports right. town that I completely forget about it. But I mean, they've got a football team and an NHL team. Yeah. Vegas, Vegas would be tough because I think that, uh, Vegas is low key, a pretty big baseball city. Yeah. As far yeah, as like, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of like high level baseball talent coming out that came out of Vegas. So yeah, Vegas would be tough, but Oklahoma city has got to be up there in the top 10. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know realistically how high they would be. Again, just because I—I I mean, we would be talking about some pretty significant um, infrastructure would be to, infrastructure changes. Yeah, for a major league team. But yeah. look, if 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 that weren't in play, I think Oklahoma City would be a great option. But I mean, obviously, you have to have the facility. Yeah, and I don't know that. I mean, the the brick is a great minor league baseball stadium, but I don't think it's even close to being able to support what a major league baseball team would need. Yeah. And I don't think that, I guess where it's at too, would be really tough to expand it that much. Like where, I mean, parking would be an issue where it's right. at. There's so much stuff around it that could you realistically like add 25,000 seats there? I don't know. So I mean, I think there is a lot of space to be added in the outfield. I mean, because the outfield's basically, I mean, there's well, nothing out the, there. Like, yeah, you from could, the stadium perspective, you can right, build up for sure. But. Right. It's just, yeah, it's all the other stuff. It's, it's uh, you know, the, the yep. I don't know the locker room situation there, the, the, but. It's not great. When you consider, like, um, just, just everything you would need from a concession standpoint to service. Sweets. The amount of suites. people that would start yeah. showing up to major league games, uh, you know, because if you're going to add. 20,000 seats or 30,000 seats or whatever the number would be. Um, obviously, you have to have more concessions. You have to have more restrooms. So it's not just about adding seats for butts. It's about adding all the other stuff that has to be there yeah, to service that, those people on top of the parking issues that would really be created 
but you, you really almost like it's great that the bones are there, but it almost yeah. would just make more sense to start from scratch if probably you were to get an MLB team. Like just, I mean, there's plenty of open area available in the Metro. Just go find some land somewhere and, and just do as your heart desires and whatever, because along with building, building up is completely plausible. But like, if you build up, you also have to build out. Like I said, like there's no part, like you can't accommodate for 30,000 people parking for a baseball game in Bricktown. Right. And there, it's, there you, I mean, what are you going to demolish, you know, demolish the Harkins and all that stuff and pave it over and for a parking lot? No. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. So I think the area around the stadium would be great. Like you really don't even need to do anything as far as like adding entertainment area. Cause right. Yeah. I mean, it's all there as far as that goes. You just, like you said, adding concessions and bathrooms and yeah, let's just, just go out on I 40, like a few miles and just find some land and just do it there. Somebody I've heard this thrown out in the past. Somebody tweeted me yesterday. Cause I was, I was just having fun with the idea of the athletics coming to Oklahoma city. You know, again, I don't think it's a, a realistic option, but I'm having fun with it. And somebody was like, you know, being super serious, like it would never work in Oklahoma city, maybe put it halfway between Oklahoma city and Tulsa. And I'm like, who the fuck is going to drive halfway from Oklahoma city to Tulsa or from Tulsa halfway to Oklahoma city for a major league baseball game like that, I Hell, think is the worst idea you could possibly Hell, have. Stillwater's Stillwater's got a movie coming out. Go with Matt Damon. They got a new baseball stadium. stadium as well. Let's just, yeah, there we go. Stillwater A's. Yeah, no, it's like, got to be just the playing inside be... the ballpark as it stands now is a better idea than putting it halfway between Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Right. It, or it's or be putting somewhere. it at Driller Stadium. I mean, that's a really nice ballpark. But I mean, this idea that you're going to put it in the middle of the country. In the middle of the country. Yeah, it's just I, yeah, like, yeah, no. yeah, it's no, that's crazy. It's insane. It's got to be. If you do it, it has to be yeah. with. It's got to be within twenty minutes of downtown. Yeah, like Aaron, let's most. get really excited to road trip down I forty so we can go to a baseball game an hour away. Even though we're going to well, call them like the Oklahoma, you know, build the Oklahoma Athletics topic. in look, Cushing or Stroud. What what's out there? I don't even know like what I town it would it. be. Build a Bass Pro Shop next to it, and you get my grandpa to go to a and game. And a Bucky's. And a Bucky's, yeah. Let's put a Bucky's, a, a Bass Pro, and a baseball stadium at the midway. You know what? Let's just do it like next to Ufala. We'll just we have Lake Ufala. We have a baseball stadium, a Bucky's, and a Bass Pro. I think we would be set. That would be the most like Middle America, like Oklahoma, like experience ever. You think of all the tourists, like you get, yeah. Oh, we get, we get Oklahoma. I mean, there's no Bucky's in Oklahoma, unfortunately, but. Have a first. It's got to be a first somewhere, right? Might as well make it next to the new ballpark. We could also, if you really wanted to have fun, you could put like a Cabela's and a Bass Pro like facing Ooh. each other on opposite sides of a parking lot. That might be fun. Ooh, that is good. That's that, that's like uh, that's some tough. That's some turf war stuff yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. You think uh, you think Dodgers Giants is competitive? That's like. I don't even know what to compare that to. That because like that, yeah, that's like Yankees and Red Sox, like <laughs> stadiums being across the street from each other. Oh, I love it. Our idea for baseball in Oklahoma. Let's do it. 
Let's go. Sign it up. Let's go. Let's go, Stit. Yeah. Let's go, uh, whoever. Let's, let's, let's go. I think it would Look. be hard to not become... If, like, I don't think this would apply necessarily to all situations, but if you are a fan of a sport, especially a sport at the highest level, like Major League Baseball, and you live in a city that you've been living... You know, if you're maybe new to the city, it's it's a little bit different, but if you've lived in that city for a long period of time, and a team moves in, it would be really hard to not become a fan of that team, in my opinion. Oh, oh yeah. I do. I everybody. I mean, I people. I think people here. Not everybody, but there's a big influence just on which team is like the Dodgers are the Dodgers now or whatever the, the minor league team here is in the farm system of. Yeah, I yeah. Like, the, the Dodgers coming here, I think, has made a lot of people. Dodger fans. And and maybe yeah. some of those people didn't have a baseball affiliation before. Or maybe some people were casual like Cardinals fans or casual like Rangers fans or something. But like I know a lot of people and baseball is also one of those sports where I feel like people support. There are a lot of people that support more than one baseball team. Uh, I know a lot of people that like are like, well, the Cardinals are my team, but I also like the Dodgers or the Yankees are my team. But I also like the Dodgers simply because the Dodgers are here. Right. For sure, yeah, because it's a regional sport, so yeah, you feel like if you're a Do- if you like the Dodgers and the Yankees, like it doesn't matter because they don't like right. They might play in the World Series, but outside of that, they don't really have much of an impact on each other, right? But yeah, and look, being realistic for for a moment, like the Chesapeake needs significantly, it needs to be either torn down and they need to build a new arena, or they need to do it like significant upgrades. Because, like, the peak is fine or whatever, but it is it's one of the worst arenas in the league. In it's the not NBA. the peak anymore, is it? Oh, they just right. They changed the name. Yeah. I, it doesn't have a name. The uh, the Thunder Basketball the Arena, Center. the Ford Center, the Fort. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, the the Oklahoma City Arena. It 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 needs some TLC. Like it's just go to a game in Dallas, and it's just like. It's a completely different feel, and uh, as far as like luxury and like amenities and stuff, like I went to a game in Utah at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Yeah, and like it's, it's not the best arena. Like it's kind of, it feels uh, in Utah. It it doesn't feel very like welcoming necessarily, but as far as like amenities and features, like the the peak is i guess the, i guess that's the one quality about the peak and it might be why the fans are so into the, like great in Oklahoma City cuz there's nothing else to do in that arena there's nothing yeah, in that arena true. to distract you from the basketball i mean i went to the going back to the vivant in utah they had a room where there was like 40 xboxes and just like TVs all over the wall in this room and a ton of kids in there playing and i'm like that's pretty sweet like the chesapeake should have something like that but i now i'm just kind of like well yeah maybe not because there's nothing else to do than go watch the game. Yeah. The press yeah, area, it, though. We oh. do something about the press area. Oklahoma City Thunder, because... Uh, like, I've been in the press area, the Toyota Center in Houston, and it's like, you're in a suite. It's massive. It's, like, open and spacious. You're talking like about the, the top part. the Because there are multiple yeah. press areas. But, well, well, well it's, I've been to two. I mean, I've never been on the floor, but I've been yeah. to 103 and I've been up at the top. Right. 103 and the top, both. Let's let's do something. Let's get let's get the press some uh, a little bit better amenities. 
103 is fine. Like I like it's fine. It, it's just a table. Yeah. It's in a nice, it's um, in a nice spot. It's at least arena. in a nice spot though. Yeah. I literally get a better experience like watching the game at home on a television than being at the top of the arena. Like Yeah, and for people listening, it's brutal. We're you're at the top, like above Loud City. Like you are the tall the highest peak in the arena. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Like the only higher spot is if you got on the uh, catwalk. Right. You're Which literally be- below, right level. below the catwalk. Yeah. Yeah. You're almost at eye level with the catwalk. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. You can't see, you can't see anything. Which is fine. Like it's, it's kind of silly to complain about, but I, it's only a complaint because I've been to other arenas and seen what it's like. And just, I don't know. I think it needs an upgrade. Well, if you're it, covering the game, I mean, the point is to see the sure. game and then your yeah. monitors are all delayed. Like you're not seeing the game in the same time as what's happening on the floor. So like the reactions to a big dunk, for instance, you know, you're hearing the place go crazy if you're watching the monitor because there was just a big dunk and that won't happen on your screen for like, you know, another six or seven seconds. Which is, I mean, you use the monitors for replays and that's it. But like it's, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it. Yeah. I'm not it a could fan. Be I'm, I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's it could be better. Like, like when I was covering the Thunder on a regular basis, um, like especially in those playoff games, because the press area is just, I mean, overrun. You know, you got a bunch yeah. of national media in. You have opposing oh, team local, media. Yeah, you know, they they create those. Sure. Yeah, they create those media rooms, like in the in the bowels of the place. And like, I actually, I would much rather sit in one of those media rooms and watch the game on that screen than sit up top trying I, to look down at ants play basketball. It's and, exactly what yeah. I did. Yeah. When, and the play, any, any of the playoff series, the Thunder have been in, I literally sat in like the media work room and yeah. just watched it on watch TV. It there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a better experience. Yeah. Like in terms probably- of covering the game again, like, you know, in terms of working and trying to do your job, like that is a much better setup than sitting well, at the the top of the building. Exactly. Like, so if you're sitting at the top and there's a, there's like a foul, you're going to watch the replay, but you've got no commentary on what's going on. You have no like, and it's delayed. So like yeah. either you're watching the TV and watching the replay and missing the action or you're watching the action and having no idea what just happened. So on top of being just packed in like a can of sardines. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were playoff games where <laughs> there were probably 15 of us in, a, in the media room just watching it on TV. Yeah. And it was all local people. There was like, yeah. Because you get bumped out. Like, oh, Chris Broussard's coming to the game. Well, guess what? He gets your seat. <laughs> right. Which okay. is understandable. Like, I get it. Right. I'm not complaining about yeah. that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's just it, it, the nature of the game. But right. Yeah. It's. Let's do something for the peak. Don't make, don't lose its character, but it does need some upgrades. It's yeah. It needs a little bit more, but uh, yeah. Oh, wasn't there one, there was one other, something else. I'll let you, you said there was a couple things. So maybe worth it. Yeah. 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 Last thing. thing, last thing. So uh, Porter sent a tweet and he, uh, he suggested this for either a topic or a draft. I wasn't sure if we would be able to do an entire draft around this topic. So I just thought you and I will, uh, can just throw out ideas for this, but I don't know if you saw the DK Metcalf uh, 100 meter sprint. I did. This last week. place. Yeah, last place. Um, 
I mean, last place against world-class sprinters. I, but, I, I know. <laughs> uh, he, the, the, he basically said, what all-time NFL players would you want to see participating in? Like, I, I think he meant Olympic, like, sprinting. Okay. So, there was one guy that immediately came to mind for me. Uh, and that's Tyreek Hill. Okay. I think Tyreek Hill. So, I've got his... Uh, I I would assume that's the same Tyreek Hill. Uh, there's no profile picture on this website, but I have his 100 meter times. At 2012, he ran a 10.19, wind aided with a 1.7, so Ooh. flying. Yeah. He also had a wind aided uh, 9.98 in the 100 meter. Obviously, a little bit more wind aided, but yeah. uh, like the dude can fly, and you're gonna tell me that like. If there was a one-on-one race, 100 meter, would you take DK Metcalf or Tyreek Hill? Oh man, I don't know. Probably. I think I'd take Tyreek. I think Tyreek. Yeah. I. I know that like sprinters are typically pretty big. Like they're for, like I mean, what Usain Bolt's were like six four, six five. Like he's yeah, a big he's dude. Massive. But I just feel like Tyreek Hill is so small and compact that it just maybe it wouldn't take him as long to get to full speed. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a track guy, so I don't really know how like the impacts of the body, but I know Tyreek Hill's fast. I know yeah. that. Yeah. So I would love to see Tyreek Hill, uh, run some sprints in the Olympics. Agreed. Tyreek Hill, obviously on the list. Okay. So my initial thought was, well, Bob Hayes was an Olympic champion. So Bob Hayes would have to be there. Um, so, Oh, yeah. Marquise Goodwin, he's an Olympics. He was oh, yeah. literally he was also, an Olympic. Yeah, he was an Olympian as well. Yeah. Um, Deion Sanders would have to be there for me just because I want it. like, obviously the speed is legendary. So to really see what that looks like against uh, world-class sprinters, count me in. And the same thing for Bo Jackson, right? Bo Jackson also, like, mythically has, like, a, what, 419 or something stupid like that, like, I, it's one of those things that I think has like become legend. Like it's just grown and grown to this thing. That's probably not even real, but that's, that is one thing that the world has missed out on is that Bo Jackson wasn't around in the combine era. Right. That, we, that is really something that mankind and humans missed out on. And that's, that is unfortunate. Yeah. So let's throw so. Bo Jackson out there. Um, Daryl Green was obviously really famous for his speed. Yeah. I'm trying to... A couple of the other guys that came to my mind as far as just fast people were uh, Michael Vick, uh, Devin Hester, Chris Johnson that I feel like just have like that, you know, that next gear when you see them sprinting. So those guys would probably be in the conversation for me. And then I'll tell you one that I think would be interesting. And this is also because we're talking about the 100. And he's like a, he's fast, but I think he's more of a long strider. So maybe he holds up better in the 100. Randy Moss. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, former former cowboy uh, Joey Galloway? Oh, Yeah. He's kind of a Tyreek Hill type uh, type build. Yeah. Uh, what did Randy Moss run in the forty? I'm 
curious. I now. would be shocked if it wasn't under four five. Four two five for Randy Moss. Four two. Oh my God. So yeah, Randy Moss runs a four two five forty. So I mean, again, when you think about the one hundred and him, you know, being so tall and you know the length and the strides. Yeah, I, I would be curious to see him in a one hundred. What a freak! That dude is. That's four two five. Four two. And he's five. what six? He was six. Six three, uh, six, six four, four, six five, six four, six five ish. Yeah. Crazy. Bo Jackson. Uh, okay, so the mythic Bo Jackson time is four one three. Aaron, four. There's no way. One, There's no three. way he ran him. Like coach time with the stopwatch and and wind, maybe. Yeah. I understand he's like the freakiest athlete of all time, but that is an insane. Like a yeah. four one four one. Yeah. And then I think I think there's some. Legend about Dion apparently running a uh, a four like Is a that what, or three nine, nine or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Again, but yeah, these the fact that we missed out on Bo Jackson and Dion Sanders for that matter. Yeah, of true combine era is just. But uh, Dion and Bo would absolutely be in my group. Well, they have to. Yeah, I mean, just let alone from the athletic standpoint, they're. Two right. of the greatest athletes to ever play any sport. They have the mythical speed as far as the 40 and the names. Like, you know, like put Marquise Goodwin in there, but like Marquise Goodwin isn't going to make my next door neighbor tune into no. this event. Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders probably will. And I, I looked into it, by the way. Marquise Goodwin, he was he was an Olympic track and field, but I think he did. I think his long jump was his event. I don't even think okay. he was like an Olympic sprinter, so. I thought um, he was like in a on a relay team, maybe. Maybe he was, yeah. Maybe I, I don't know. Track and field confuses me because, yeah. It, it, yeah. Uh, let's see anybody else I'm missing. It's the top of my head. Sean Jackson, I guess. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, there's other guys I'd rather see, like you said. Chris Johnson um, is on that list, I think. Yes, 100. percent Running back, you're talking about from Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, a guy that uh, ran a great 40, has done nothing in the NFL, but ran a great 40, John Ross. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 4-2-2 laser time. Like, that's yeah, pretty impressive. That is flying. Um, Ike Taylor ran a 4-1-8 as hand time, though, so 40. Holy cow. Yeah, Ike Taylor's not a guy you think of wow. as being uh, yeah, I didn't, I, blazing I didn't fast. realize that. Same, uh, which 418 is also the same thing that Joey Galloway ran. I'm trying to see. Uh... He ran so fast he lost his mind. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't, the name's not familiar, but Cliff Branch. Oh, yeah, a, NFL uh, Hall of Famer. Oh, okay, there you go. He yep. was a uh, NCAA champion in the 100 meter, ran a 10 flat. Wow. Four, I can't. I can't get over Bo Jackson's four one three. Yeah. Like maybe Cliff Branch Deion isn't Sanders, in the Hall of Fame. I thought he was. Deion Sanders is like mythical three nine. Is like some like it's like a, it's like urban legend, right? But like the Bo Jackson four one three is like people kind of like accepted as his forty time. Yeah. Like I feel like in ten years, Wikipedia is going to say that Deion ran like a three four. Because Dion's going to say he ran a 3-4. Yeah. 
Ah, oh, I ran a two eight. Yeah, <laughs> right. Fastest guy I'll ever. Right. And then at some point there will be like a Deion Sanders superhero comic made. I look honestly, I'm surprised it hasn't been made yet. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just what did do you know the time that uh, DK ran off the top of your head? It was like a ten. I think it was a ten something, like something. Yeah, I don't know. Like he was, he was basically even with everybody for the first half of that race. Yeah, and they just which kinda, is really impressive because, bigger. like he's, I, he doesn't strike me as a fast starter. Like when you watch him run, it feels like he you know picks up speed. But I mean, again, you're talking about the best of the very best pulling well, away from him at the, the end. The fact, well, look at the compare him to everybody else that's running in the event too. Like he's got to weigh thirty pounds more than everybody else. Oh, I bet it's more than that. I at bet least. on average it's fifty. Oh, for sure. And he ran a ten three seven was his uh was his time. And like you said, he kept up with them and like. I mean, obviously, like sprinting, I, 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 this isn't like news, but like sprint, being a sprinter, you have to completely build your body different than what DK Metcalf has done. Right. He's built a, for impact in football, so the ten three seven is not bad. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, uh, all right, so give me your four. If, if you just had to pick four that are going to race, give me your four. Uh, let's go... We can well, we can overlap, right? Like, yeah, it's not yeah, like we I, can overlap. Okay. Yeah, this isn't okay. a draft. Yeah, just okay. Well, Bo Jackson has to be okay. Um, Tyree Kill. Okay. Mm, Randy Moss. And let's go with. Hmm. Give me do your four. I'll, and let me. I'll okay. The, I I, well, I have the same three as you, and then add Dion. So Dion, okay. Dion Sanders, Bo Jackson, Randy Moss, and Tyreek Hill would be my four. Okay. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll go Bo Jackson, Randy Moss, Tyreek Hill, and Eli Manning. Oh yes. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're gonna go that route, can I just put Rich Eisen in the mix? Yeah. Since not? every year we get the you know the Rich Eisen. Simulcast forty yard yeah. dash. You think he could run hundred meters? Oh God! How how what would the gap be between if you? I mean, we're talking about a forty where he gets left in the dust on those simulcasts. What does a hundred look like? Does he even I, make it halfway when those? Like, is he at the halfway point I mean, when those guys are crossing the finish line? I don't even know if he's out of the block by the time <sighs> those guys finish. I mean, I shouldn't dog him. I, I'd probably be in the same. Camp, oh, so. I, yeah, he probably runs a faster 40 than I do, but... Well, I believe you know, I'm faster than Rich Eisen, but I, I don't think it's, like, a significant amount. I think, okay, here's the event. You have Rich Eisen run the 100, and all the other guys run a 400. There we go. I like it. Yeah. It'd be close. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I also, I, I think I kind of like the, the 200 a little bit better. The 100's just over so fast. You don't really have right. time to, like absorb it i feel yeah it, it kind of feels like by the time they're hitting their top gear like the like they're running as fast as they can go like you're 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 on the final like what 20 or so 30 maybe like i like to see them really hitting that gear on the final straightaway of the 200 like that to me is 
I, I love the separation when they round that corner and they've you know had the time to build up and then sprint out the last. And I, there's and I think there's probably more strategy in the 200 as well because you sure. need to time out your burst for sure as opposed to like everybody's just going to hit it at the same time like you said in the hundred. Right. Yeah, but like you know, but you like, lo- you have just a longer stretch to run at a higher speed is why I like for sure. it more. So yeah, it's I agree. It's definitely more entertaining. I mean, because it's still a sprint, but you, you the turn makes all the difference. Yeah. I mean, this is coming for somebody who never ran track, obviously, but <laughs> from an entertainment aspect, it's definitely more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I was always asked to run track, uh, but I was like, no, it's, uh, I don't want to run for fun. Like that's You're right. Like, no, I could, I, I could no interest in that. Plus I would much rather play golf or tennis during that time. period. Like I, I was a golfer, a bad golfer and a bad tennis player in the spring as opposed to being a track athlete yeah yeah i hate it like i i've always been that way i could run all like i could play basketball or baseball or tennis or whatever and play all day and run all day but like if you're like if you just go run to run i'm like huh yeah no thanks give me a ball though and a score sure i'll run yeah yeah no it's yeah there's got to be some other activity happening with the running like the running shouldn't be the focus if I have to run to like get around the bases or I have to yeah, run to avoid being tackled or, you know, so, something that's not like on my mind, I'm like, Hey, I'm running. Oh, look, <laughs> I'll, I'll run from first to third as fast as I can at full sprint, which my full sprint is a, a light jog for most people, but I'll run from first to third as hard as I can all day. But if you ask me to run 50 meters at full speed, I'll tell you to go to hell. No. Yeah. I'm going to do that. That's stupid. I'll do it. I'll just probably like pull a hamstring or like I'll probably, I'll just, I'll, I'll be laid up for like a week afterward. That's, that's my biggest issue. It's not that I can't do it. It's just that there will be big consequences for me doing it. I remember being in a high school and the coaches, like not, not even like the baseball coaches, like the other coaches, because we had a workout period in the middle of the day with all of the like people that were, that played sports. Yeah. And they were making us run sprints one day. Like running hundred, they made us run sprints all the time, but they were like, everybody had to run sprints and like we had blocks and all that stuff. And one of the coaches was like, Oh, you're so slow, Aaron. What Davis, what are you doing? And I was like, what's your point? I don't run yeah. track. Like what right. does it matter if I'm slow? Who Not cares? a sprinter. Right. I, I don't play a sport where I have to be fast. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I remember, uh, so we had during two days, my last year in high school, we had surprise 40 yard dashes one day. And look, first of all, in that part of Texas, like two days is usually around like 110 degrees. Oh yeah. So it's just completely miserable anyway. But, um, some friends and I, the night before had gone out and had some, some beers. And then like that next morning, usually the morning, you know, like it was, uh, it was a little easier than the afternoon session, so we thought we'd be fine. Uh, and then we get surprised with, hey, we're going to do testing today. And we ran a lot of 40s that day, and oh, all the times were terrible. Every I don't know single what one it says. I don't know what it says about me as a competitor and a human being, but any, times, any days we had testing, I literally was like, I, on bench, I wouldn't do anything, and I just walked to the coach like, yeah, 135. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't... Like, I don't know. It just to me, like, 
it just made no difference on how much I could bench. I didn't play football. Like I didn't yeah. do powerlifting. Like what, who cares? Yeah. Like, I play baseball. We want to do baseball yeah. stuff then sure. But I don't, I don't know. It just wasn't something that I was concerned about. Yeah, I hated the testing stuff. Cause it's not like you can be fast, but like, and look, is, is it a good gauge of your athleticism? Sure it is. But I also understand like, some people just like that's not what they do. Like I have zero interest or excitement to just go run. Right. But like put me on a football field and somebody chasing me down and I will run my heart out. You know what I mean? Like it's right. just yeah, it's, it's completely it's different. Completely different, but yeah, I I never enjoyed doing the testing stuff. Right. Like the fattest guy in your school could be the best baseball player. Sure. Sure. Like it does, it, yeah, like testing stuff like that doesn't yeah. necessarily indicative of you being good at a sport. Right. We just talked about John Ross running a four, two and yeah. what, he, does he have any catches in the NFL? <laughs> Has he even, I think he's been hurt the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. does play a part, but yeah. 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 Test day. <laughs> but ever, Hey, uh, but we love the combine. Like I, I, Fully admit, well, yeah, they're I'm, I'm good all in on the combine, but yeah. They're good at it. They're good at it, for sure. I'm not. If I was good at it, I'd be like, if I could bench 400 pounds, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's test every day. Nice. All right, I need you to uh, put your internet skills together and somehow create the uh, a simulated video of your 100 with Eli Manning and what that might look like. So I'll, uh, I'll be tuned into your okay. Twitter for that. All right, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right, my friend, always appreciate it, and we'll catch up next week. All right, see ya. Thanks to Aaron Davis for joining me on the Colby Daniels Podcast, presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, or Delta 8. If you're looking for something to help with pain, anxiety, or just an opioid alternative, check out Artisan Botanicals. They have a staff dedicated to helping you live a better life, so if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. 405 458 96 99 plus we're saving you 15% when you order online abotanicalcompany.com use the discount code colby show at checkout to save 15% off your online order once again abotanicalcompany.com artisan botanicals in midwest city everybody stay safe have a great day and i will see you tomorrow Podcast is over.